Franchise Voice from the International Franchise Association. I'm Jack Munson, along with today's host, Executive Director of the IFA Foundation, Ricky Amos. Hi, Ricky. How are you? I'm great, Jack. How are you doing today? Doing great. Can't wait to hear from your guests today. Thank you. We're really looking forward to the conversation today as well. We're excited to be back. Thank you for having us back for a discussion today. Um, you know, for those of you, as we jump into our conversation, in case you don't know much about the IFA Foundation, I'm going to take a couple of minutes just to give some context about where we're coming from and what it is we're going to talk about today. And then I'm going to introduce you to two amazing franchise leaders who are here to help us advance our mission. So the IFA Foundation, if you're not familiar with it, is on a mission to raise awareness of the franchise business model and educate people about its positive impact on communities across the country. And in particular, we focus on the areas of veterans, diversity and inclusion, uh, community engagement and philanthropy, and then research, you know, all of these things that we think are critical for um, connecting with underrepresented communities and introducing them to the amazing opportunities that are available through franchising and helping them find and realize their small business ownership dreams. And at the same time, getting the data and the research that demonstrates that these are positive pathways for um, people from all backgrounds to be able to achieve generational wealth, become business owners, and give back to the communities that mean so much to them. Um, and a big part of what we do is how we connect with these communities that are um, present everywhere in franchising. We want to make sure IFA is a home for them to come in, share their experiences, help us improve our outcomes, help us increase um, our ownership across communities and the like. So our guests today are Erica Garza, CEO of Obon Payne, and Marlon Cortez Morris, shareholder at Ogletree Deacons. These two ladies are teaming up to help us launch the Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council. It's one of our newest affinity groups within the Diversity Institute at the IFA Foundation. And its goal is to help reach out to the Hispanic and Latino community within franchising, uh, help us all lean into increasing awareness about challenges and opportunities that we can work on, and then collectively reach out to the Hispanic and Latino communities to help them learn about opportunities in franchising. So I'm really excited to have both of these ladies here with us today to talk about our goals. So Erica, if I could bring you to the stage and we could talk first. Um, one of the things I'd love to start with everybody here as our guests, I'd just like to hear your franchising story and how franchising became your career path and what I know is a passion for you. So can you give us highlights from your franchising career? And then I'd love to connect that with um, talking about your your willingness to serve as the chair of our Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council. Absolutely. First and foremost, I want to personally thank you, Ricky and Jack and uh, David, for giving us this honor as two Latino women in the franchising industry, and most importantly, having this opportunity to highlight some of the things that we're going to talk about, about uh, particularly while we're in the Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, from my end, you know, it's it's one of the things that I I really appreciate having this platform. Um, you know, in addition to being the president of Obampan Cafes, um, also having the honor to be the chair of uh, this of, of our new council. Um, but I always have a lot of pride of sharing the story of how I stumbled upon franchising, and you know, I always say that it's uh, 
I stumbled upon it. It's probably one of the best stumbles in my entire career. Um, you know, I, I had the opportunity to enter the franchising space, uh, which I will forever be grateful through 7-Eleven. Prior to that, I've always had, uh, I've always been very fortunate to work with Fortune 500 uh, companies. But in respect to franchising, what really drove me to that opportunity was, you know, I happily share that, um, you know, I was a, a single mom for many, many years. And so educated and, and, you know, with a lot of work ethic, but it was one of those opportunities where I believe uh, the word opportunity is key throughout my whole career path. Um, because opportunity was really somebody in 7-Eleven that took a chance on me um, without having absolutely any of the franchising experience. Uh, but what they did see was a, a great amount of appetite for, for wanting to work, appetite for learning the business, and most importantly, appetite for making a difference among other people's life. And that's why franchising to me is so passionate, so near and dear, because it provided an opportunity for me, for my family and for a lifestyle. It also provided an opportunity for me to open doors and to be able to create a path for immigrants that come into the United States or individuals that are wanting to be entrepreneurs within the, within this country. So for me, franchising, to sum it up, it has opened so many doors, not only for myself, but for other individuals. And it's been nothing but self-gratifying and it's a career that I love and it's a career that, you know, with all the blessings of God that I won't uh, have to change any of the career. So it's a, it's an honor for me, not only to be having this conversation with you, talking about my journey, but most importantly, talking about opportunities of how to lead uh, in the council along with Marlene of how we can make a bigger impact and a difference. And most importantly, how to make, um, change the landscape and hopefully history for all of us. So thank you again, Ricky, for this opportunity and Jack. Thank you so much for those comments, Erica. I, I always love when we talk about uh, the, the journey that we're starting here together to improve outcomes for so many in franchising and you speak to it so eloquently. Um, you know, we, we have an amazing opportunity to have a different, make a difference in a lot of people's lives. And I, I, I've always appreciated how committed you are to that personally and, and how much you lean in um, to doing it. It's, it definitely is worth noting out to our community that you know, Erica and taking up the reins to be the chair of the Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council is doing it with full gusto because of the commitment and passion to reach out to the communities um, and raise awareness of opportunities in franchising. So let's talk about that a little bit in particular. So you know, uh, the affinity groups, the Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council is housed in our Diversity Institute, one of our marquee programs in the IFA Foundation. And it's the Institute's overall goal. We want to improve diversity, equity, inclusion in franchising. Um, so that means helping our membership understand how they can do better, what are challenges, what are opportunities that they can lean in, but then also reaching out to external communities to help increase ownership among um, underrepresented communities. So I would love to hear more of your take on, you know, the Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council and how it can be influential within the IFA and the franchising community to help achieve these goals. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I, I strongly, you know, firmly believe the council was created, as, as you mentioned earlier this year, and it was really to grow awareness of the value and the opportunity of franchising and to give a greater advance uh, opportunity globally for diversity, equity, and inclusion and the commitments with a focus of Hispanic entrepreneurs in the U.S. 
Um, Rick, if you look at the demographics, Hispanics are the largest underrepresented group and Latinos are already the second largest group in terms of franchise ownership. I believe that, you know, with the council that we're currently creating, that we have a tremendous opportunity as business leaders, as mentors, as advocates, as people that have gone through this journey and continue going through this journey to come together and provide opportunities and advocate for our growing population. We have an opportunity, like I said earlier, to change the landscape and the history. And so our commitments, our goals are not just only to, um, obviously, to educate uh, individuals that are either immigrants or interested in, in coming into the U.S. and learning about franchising, but, you know, one of the things that has always been really, really important to me and that we've, we've talked about since, since the beginning of, 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 of talking about the council, it is really important, especially for uh, Latinos and Hispanics, for us to be able to highlight a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of journeys, a lot of franchisees that have lived through the struggle, but not only struggle, but, you know, there's some that have lived throughout a journey of success. Um, whether it's another country and they come and, and, and here to the U.S. and, and mirror a business or starting from, from, from zero, it's important to have that voice. And I think for us, our goals are not only to highlight, to advocate, to represent, but it's really important to be part of the IFA and really encourage people to join not only the council, but to, to also join IFA because I believe what IFA brings to the table are nonstop uh, tools and resources, opportunities. Uh, it's a portfolio of businesses from different segments of franchising, but just the networking and the community that we can bring amongst each other is completely worth it. So I can tell you right now that, you know, the council that we are creating and the opportunity that the IFA has provided for us to have this platform, use our voice, use this mic, and be able to talk about our council in a short time that we have been part of this foundation and in our council, I can tell you already that it's making a difference. And it's a making a difference by having these opportunities and having individuals like ourselves in this committee that, you know, care so much, talk about our journey, our stories, um, be able to have influence, be able to bring corporate sponsors that are interested in, in supporting us and in, in taking this action and this movement. And so those are our goals. And I will let Marlene talk a little bit about some of the goals that we have talked about and that she visions, has vision for herself being part of this committee. Um, and so thank you. You take the words right out of my mouth and just put even better ones in them because it's, I'm so inspired when you talk, Erica, about what we are what we are leaning into and what we are wanting to do to engage the IFA membership and the franchise community at, at large. Um, because everything you say is so spot on. Um, I get really. Uh, we hear so much when we're out and talking to communities uh, within the IFA Foundation key issues that you're raising, right? A lot of folks are that might be first-time small business owners, they don't necessarily have a mentor. They haven't seen somebody else do it. Um, they've got the work ethic. They've got the commitment. They just need some support. And I love the fact that the Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council is really wanting to lean in to provide that. You know, one of the things we all just... Um, say when we talk about our diversity institute programming is just how important it is to understand if you see it you can be it so part of our job is to put those stories put those journeys resources networks 
um, in front of really enthusiastic and committed people. And that it's amazing what can get unleashed once that starts to happen in, in connecting the dots. Um, so let's go ahead and transition and let's bring in Marlene. I want to, Erica was, was uh, speaking to the, what I know are some of your ideas and visions for what is the role and how um, the council can have impact in our community. So I, let's turn that over to you and start, let's add your thoughts into the, into the mix here. Thank you, Ricky. Um, you know, I'm, I have been serving on the Diversity Institute Board of the IFA since uh, 2014, and I have seen, uh, you know, the strides that the IFA and the Diversity Institute Board has done to support members from underrepresented groups to join in the franchising bandwagon, which is a really bandwagon to be in. Um, you know, we, um, over the more recent years, have seen a resurgence of our community really um, stepping up and asking for more from, from its leaders, from its organizations, and that we all be more inclusive that, provi that we provide uh, more equitable opportunities for everyone. And the work that the IFA and the Diversity Institute Board is doing in this space is just tremendous. Um, I am so excited to be joining the Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council because giving back is at the core of, of who I am. Um, I am the first in my family to have gone on to college and beyond. I am the first attorney and professional in my family. Um, so like many uh, Hispanics and Latinos in this country who have immigrated from somewhere else, like I know what the struggle is. I know this deep learning curve that, uh, you know, it takes to, to get to, to where where you want to go. Um, and it's, it's phenomenal to be able to have resources like the Hispanic Latino Franchise um, Leadership Council, because we're working to advance and provide more opportunities for knowledge of the franchising opportunity. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times, I mean, knowledge is power. And we start with with that very, very basic premise of Latinos have tremendous buying power in the U.S. We are the largest uh, underrepresented minority in this country. And we are by nature um, generally very entrepreneurial, creating small businesses at a fast growing rate. I think Erica alluded to some statistics of being, um, you know, one of the top two groups, even within franchising. So we need to just keep moving that needle and educate those that are unaware of what franchising is, because there are still a good number of individuals that don't, and bridge that gap, um, as well as, you know, I think two key gaps that I've seen in my experience and being in the franchising industry um, for minority groups has been the knowledge gap, the uh, mentoring gap, 
and well, I guess that's three, uh, the financial knowledge. I think uh, what I envision as one of our one of our visions is to, to not only educate and and provide these mentoring mentoring and advocating opportunities, but also um, you know really tackle some of those other barriers to break through. Um, because that's how we're going to keep growing and breaking barriers and creating that generational generational wealth that you alluded to earlier, Ricky. Thank you for those great comments. Uh, you know, again, I think you know, where I get really excited about in my role in, in heading up the foundation is when we realize we're running very consistent challenges, right? Because when we know that we have an opportunity to lean in more and put the resources against the the specific challenges that are that are the biggest ones, you know, so like the knowledge piece, right? There's so many in uh, communities that just, I don't even know what the word franchising means. Like, how is that different than general small business ownership? And even, you know, so starting with that, and then with the mentoring in the community and networking pieces and how important that is. Um, and, you know, and I love that you're raising as well the importance of talking about the financial readiness and the financial knowledge. And then also sometimes, you know, access to capital is a, is a significant challenge within the, the um, underrepresented communities in terms of what are what is their what lenders are they going to be able to go to or the, how likely are they to be approved what are their credit scores look like and how do they even understand how to kind of speak banker to be able to communicate and and, and make themselves competitive for those loans so that's a big part of what diversity institute as, as you know leans into as well and uh, so you know jack maybe one of the things i'd love to flag for our follow-up notes for our listeners uh, a couple of Months ago, we did a really great podcast recording as well that was featuring some um, some great folks from the CDFI communities, uh, the, so the community development funding initiatives and and where they're providing funding into underrepresented communities. And I look forward to working with the council on uh, an increasing financial knowledge within the Hispanic and Latino community. And then what I'd love to pivot to next, you know, I think one of the things we've all talked about early on with the formation of, of this council in particular, like the, the, the very real challenges that come up sometimes is due to language. Is, is English your second language, Spanish your first language? And how does that come into the mix? And how can, how can the franchise brands and systems and the, you know, the whole franchising community increase their understanding of how they can think about that and reduce that as a barrier to be able to um, communicate and engage community. So, you know, Erica, I'd love to uh, bring you back into that conversation because just down at Franchise Expo South in Fort Lauderdale, not all that long ago, um, you convened two of our first ever panels conducted entirely in Spanish, introducing the communities to franchising. Uh, I'd just love to hear you talk about you know, what prompted you in, in making that suggestion and how, how was it received and where do you see us being able to, to keep going forward in, in that direction? Absolutely. I will tell you that, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm always hopefully that one of the things that hopefully you will collect from anytime you have a conversation with me, I will always do my very best to be very forthcoming and, 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 and walk you through the journey and what I mean by that in this particular question that you're asking me is, you know, some of the hesitations and concerns that I had. And you just talked about it. I think the biggest hesitation that I had 
was how was it going to be received to have two days back to back um, of just a Spanish speaking uh, panelists, but topics. Um, I knew, uh, to be very clear, I knew that this was probably the best opportunity after due diligence and knowing that it was going to be in Miami and knowing that, you know, the primary language there is Spanish and having immigrants from all different parts of countries that actually reside there. So I knew that the topic was going to be key. I knew that it was going to be very informational. I had no doubt that we would be able to fill in a room because it was going to be uh, education, it was going to be tools and resources. But most importantly, I knew coming into that there was, uh, it was fully equipped with what I consider stars uh, within the Hispanic community. It was very thoughtful in respect to having somebody that was a franchisor, somebody that had a lot of years in franchising, somebody that was a president of franchise or company, somebody that understood the barriers of financials and somebody that understood franchising in, in, in respect to philanthropy and community service. So the agenda was very, very thought out. The part, again, the hesitation was, will we be able to fill in the room with people once we let them know that it's fully in Spanish? So it was a really great risk that we took and to our pleasant surprise, back-to-back -back days were, uh, I'd like to say it was an overflow. Uh, it, it was, um, you know, not just because it was just put together by 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 us, but you know, the one credit I cannot take uh, was really the idea of having this fully in Spanish. I advocated for the idea, but it was it was something that again I was very hesitant about. But it completely worked out, and 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 this was for the very first time MFB Expositions when I placed the call to pitch the idea of, hey, you know, as the, the chairwoman of this council, I think it's really important that we have this opportunity to have representation, to be able to take this opportunity to talk about what the IFA is doing, what the council is doing, but most importantly, if we could have the opportunity to talk to the audience about A through Z, 101 fundamentals of franchising. Now, I, I'd like to, to take credit in respect to that I've gone to these expos you know, for many, many years from very early on to my career that I have pretty much a really good inkling of, you know, the audience that visits the, the booths and the expos. And for the most part, there is a lot of seasoned individuals, but there is a pretty high percentage of audience that are really uh, getting a better understanding of what just, you know, on the web, in the Webster Dictionary, what is the word franchising. And I, I, I you know, early in my career, like I mentioned, 7-Eleven, Somebody took the chance and the opportunity, but in truth, truth be told, I did not understand what came with franchising. Uh, I learned that through the process. So, you know, as we think about these events and these expositions where we get invitations and happily want to be part of them, um, you know, we, we really thought about what this discussion was going to be centered about. And the theme was franchise, which equals opportunity for Hispanic entrepreneurs in the United States. Um, and really, the main objective was to increase the awareness of opportunities, the benefits that franchise represents for entrepreneurs, and to give a greater distinction in diversity in general, including traditional underrepresented groups. And like I said, I'm very proud of the collection of, of, uh, of speakers that we had in the panelists. But most importantly, my biggest takeaway was to see um, individuals in the audience to actually start tearing up and crying. And as we were done uh, Friday and Saturday, as we were done with the panelists, just to see people forming the line to introduce themselves, but to just really give very heavy compliments with a heart full 
of um, gratitude for walking from the from those events, understanding 101 franchising, understanding what to look for, understanding the barriers, most important, what to look for in a franchiser and how to even start. And so I like to look at those opportunities that we had in Florida, which I'm very grateful. Not only was it just a beautiful thing to see of, you know, uh, people attending this conference, but to see them full of gratitude, but to really feel really good that we accomplished the job that we wanted to of them actually walking out of that room, feeling really confident with their heads up high to go downstairs and to walk around in the expo and them being fully charged and equipped. What were the proper questions? and behaviors that they needed they needed to look for in order for them to look for opportunities to understand and step in, and, and have that courage to, to, to present themselves with the franchisor, whether it's the director of ops, whether it's the VP that, that was, you know, uh, working their respective booths, but to give them that confidence to say, hey, listen, if everybody in this panel sat here, we all have a journey. All of us at one point fell. In my case, I fell millions of times, but I learned the key there was how I picked myself up and who helped me pick up. So for me, it was, I hope, an aspiration moving forward You know, with, with the council that we, we have in place and that we continue to build and with the partnership with IFA and obviously with your support, Ricky, that we can continue this and that this is just not a first time, that this can actually happen in more expos and more conferences. And I, I can share with you that after, you know, what happened in, in, in Florida and the response and the comments and, 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 and the attraction that it brought, we have been invited to be part of other expos as well, to be able to take that and, 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 and replicate that. There's no, can you now make this in English? Can you keep it in, it's no, can you please keep it in Spanish? And I think it's important to share with you guys that we were also equipped with translators. We were also equipped with, you know, individuals just in the event that somebody did come in and, you know, is Latino or Latina, but yet, you know, was raised here and doesn't understand, you know, every word in Spanish. There was a lot of thought behind it. There was a lot of equipment behind it. And, you know, one of the last things that I need to say about this event that I think that was completely, uh, that moved people's not only tears, but hearts uh, and zero credit to myself, uh, full credit to our advisor, uh, Elena Davinsky. Um, you know, there was a video, there was a video that was presented and that video was that the, the national anthem and it was the national anthem that was actually performed and it was sung in Spanish. And so as I studied the room, I could see people just crying and tearing up and actually standing and putting their hand, uh, raising their hand and an applause after that. And to me, that is just a spirit of, wow, we are acknowledged. Wow, we've come this far. It was really a moment, which was a movement of being really proud of being in a room, of making a difference and being in a room with Latinos wanting to understand how to become entrepreneurs and how to better understand the world of franchising. And that is really um, through you, Ricky, through the IFA and obviously with the sponsorship of MFB. Uh, expositions that gave us the invitation and allowed us the opportunity to make that change. Thank you for walking us through that, Erica, and, and sharing that experience and, and you know, talking about that in context. I think we, one of the things that I kept thinking as I was just listening to you describe it, which is 
what I, where I think when we find success in Diversity Institute, when we find some of our successes in the affinity groups is when we are able to demonstrate that franchising is a welcoming place for all, there is a home for everyone. You know, we, we see, you know, we see you, we, we see your challenges and we want to help, you know, there's a, here's a, a hand up because I think every franchising story I've heard from everyone I've talked to, they always talk about who mentored them, who supported them, who, as you said, who helped pick them up when they fell. And, you know, I, I love that I, are the communities that that we are building across all backgrounds the entire IFA is is leaning into showing that that we're they're a welcoming place for others and looking and trying to um, connect with them in a way they need it at a time that they need it and 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 bring them into you know just leaning and learning about the opportunities in front of them through us Ricky, you know, so Marlon that's what yes please I'm so sorry if I may may add something because I think it's 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 really important, and I and I and I just have to share that. At least for me, it was very inspirational. Um, you know, we just got back from the IFA leadership uh, summit that took place in in Washington D.C., and you gave uh, each one of us an opportunity to sit um, on a panel to talk about our respective councils. Um, it for me, this is just a personal comment and experience that's imp- that I think brings a lot of value to share. There was an award ceremony uh, event that took place. And I have to tell you that for me, it was so fulfilling and it was such a great feeling to actually be in a room with Latinos and Latinas that approached me. And that it was having the opportunity to sit on a panel and share my journey. And that instantly became like a magnet in respect to meeting other Latinos and Latinas that are very way more ever influential in their lives than I will ever be. But to have those conversations and to be able to say, I saw you, you talked about your story. You know what? We, I had one gentleman say, your story reminded me so much about my mother. And when you were talking about your story, now I'm like, now I can't stop thinking about my mom. There was another individual that is a very successful franchisee uh, within the industry. And for us to just start, uh, you know, uh, a business uh, relationship moving forward and for people to inquire of how do we become advocates and, 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 and talk about how excited they are about this council and how proud of, of this happening. And just having me, for instance, having the honor to actually have a conversation and be able to be in the same room with one of the most influential Latinas in the U.S., which I think she'll never give herself uh, credit, I think. So I'd love to have that opportunity. But to be in a room with Claudia San Pedro, which is, you know, the number one president in, in within the food industry, and to have conversations and to be able to, you know, see the little group in there of commonalities and how we got here and why it's so important was such an so such an, a great ex- experience for me. I think I get to go to a lot of conferences. I get to, you know, be by the nature of what I do for this organization, uh, and being the president of Obampana, I, I get the I get the pleasure of meeting a lot of incredible people. But the one thing I don't necessarily get is being able to be a part of Latinos and Latinas brought together where you've never met them before, but just one conversation, one initiative, one experience, one journey, one hardship brought us together. And for me, 
it was important. It's been, it was great to be part of the summit, but my biggest takeaway was to be able to leave there with a franchising family and with getting to know more people that want to make a difference for our people. I'm so glad you added that point and raising that and, um, and talking about it. I mean, I think that's another one of our goals internally too, right? And I'm so excited to see the reception that we're getting within the IFA community to be at something like our annual leadership summit here in Washington, D.C., and you know, to be able to be on the stage and share the goals of the councils to get feedback from the communities. And I think inspire a lot of people to, to think about ways that they could work with us or go back to their own brands and think about ways that they could work on, on things together. Because you know, franchising, I've definitely learned since I have come to the IFA in 2018, franchising is a big family. And, and making more and more people feel welcome in that family and, and connected is, is really exciting to see. Um, you know, so Marlon, I want to bring you back in on this too, because we're talking a little bit about, you know, you know, challenges and you've served on Diversity Institute for a while too. Um, and, you know, I think I'm, I'm intrigued for a moment to focus. You have a legal mind. You've got that bright, you see people going through so many of the operational focus areas and the challenges as people are trying to get up and running. You know, I would just love to hear you talk a little bit more like from your seat. What do you see as some of the challenges and opportunities we have as a community to do exactly what Erica is talking about, which is to lean in support and, and, and lift each other up? Of course. Well, you know, I, I've, as I mentioned, I, I've been involved with the Diversity Institute board since about 2014. Um, and that's about the same time that I'd say franchising found me. Um, I was at the time, like the year before that, looking for a new opportunity after years of practicing law as a uh, commercial litigator and labor and employment attorney. Um, and I found an opportunity at a franchise law firm. And so that is how I was able to get introdu introduced into this great community um, and be able to use um, everything that I have learned, all of my diverse legal training in this new way, which challenged me to also be more creative, more innovative, and uh, think outside the box. So I work with, with both franchisors and franchisees, and I really enjoy, um, you know, doing this work and working with this client base in particular, because when I think of franchises, I really think of a, a word that we keep throwing around today, opportunity. I mean, it's, there's so much opportunity, but it also embodies qualities like resilience, um, grit, uh, you know, principles that I firmly believe in that have driven me as a kid um, who wanted to become a lawyer someday, even though I did not know any lawyers. And I certainly didn't see any like Spanish speaking or Latina lawyers on TV. And so to going back to some comments made here earlier by both you, Ricky and Erica, it's important to be seen. It's important to see yourself, you know, on TV, in the room, in your organization, uh, in different trade associations like the IFA that you're a part of. 
or that your business is part of. Um, and some of the challenges that I see from the legal perspective, uh, you know, st- can start right at the very beginning of the franchise relationship with uh, n- having a, a misunderstanding of that franchise relationship. And I think that's why, again, it's so fundamental that um, education is at the forefront of the um, Diversity Institute Board and the Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council to really understand how this relationship is structured legally, you know, where are the bounds generally uh, of all the support that you're going to receive from uh, your franchisor but where you really, you know, are in charge as this is your independent business. You just don't have to start the model from scratch. Um, so education, understanding how that works, how their relationship is legally structured, what are the limitations, and a lot of issues that I see also come or stem from uh, again with not doing enough due diligence up front and therefore not partnering potentially with with the right concept. Um, There's so many uh, different brands out there. There's so many different models and so many different sizes of operations, so many different um, amounts that are required for per entry into that particular business. And so like really doing that homework up front and going to events like the expos where you can go around and ask questions, but know what those what questions to ask. And so panels like the ones that the Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council is doing and where they're educating existing or potential franchisees seeking to come in. You know, what are what are some of the questions you need to be looking at? Because it needs to be a good fit for you, but you need to do the homework and you make sure that you run your numbers and you talk to your, you know, a legal advisor or an accountant and all of that so that you can find the right fit. Um, because the, here's the other thing. In my experience, after over 15 years of practicing law, there are... In the franchising relationship, generally, like, the sentiment is, we're, we're in this together. Like, once you're in, like, we want to see you succeed, right? And so, um, but you, you need to find that right fit for you, personality-wise, concept-wise, etc. So do, doing the homework, getting educated, figuring out what those right questions are, and uh, understanding where, where, where the line gets drawn um, legally, I think those are all all fundamentals that come come into play. That's great. Thank you for that advice. And you know, and, and what I'm thinking about as I'm as I'm listening to you talk too, I, I, again, some of the important lessons that I think that we're all thinking about with the affinity groups and diversity institute. There are things about franchising that are the important to educate all communities about in franchising, right? How to be successful, what does it take, finding the right fit, how to read an FDD, all of those things. And then what I love is about the extra layer that the uh, the Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council can layer in and say, okay, well then how do we translate this education literally and figuratively into the community to help them, you know, address 
particular challenges that might come from that community or introduce them to people that have come from the community who could share their journey about how they solved the problems just because it creates that personal connection like Erica mm. was talking about at the expos. Um, I am my, I'm watching the time because I know we could talk about this for a, a lot longer and I, I hate to cut us short, but I know um, I want to wrap us up here. And I think where I want to close us is one of the reasons we timed this for, for um, recording currently is it's Hispanic Heritage Month. Now, one thing I always do like to say is when we have these months or celebration times, it's not the only time that we ever want to talk about the issues within communities, but it certainly is a great time when eyes are paying all the more attention and, and listening ears are available so we can get our message out and connect with folks. So recognizing that it's Hispanic Heritage Month, you know, would each of you kind of share your, 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 your best piece of advice or final call to action about what you hope our community of listeners within franchising does following um, listening to us uh, on this discussion today. So Marlon, let me have you go first and Erica, I'll, I'll close you out as our chair. Well, thank you for that, Ricky. Um, you know, I think that having an organization uh like the Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council is a great step in the right direction of not just going back to your point, celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month during this one month period. We are going to be present on an ongoing regular basis because we're not just to be celebrated during this particular time of year, um, but to help create more opportunities and breaking down barriers, whether that, that is bridging the knowledge gap, the uh, access to capital and financial piece of owning a, bit, a business. I think those are all key um, initiatives that will help us as we take this into the future I think in one of my initial remarks, I talked about the importance of inclusivity and, and equity. And I believe that this council is going to, uh, you know, roll up its sleeves and do the work. And it's already well underway in doing that and being accessible and providing tools and providing resources and being, being mentors uh, and providing that support. Um, for me, you know, this month, I, I always like to just take a step back and reflect on my journey because uh, I'm, I'm a Mexican immigrant. I mean, I've, I've been through, through the entire journey. My parents came when, brought us over when we were, we were young and in the pursuit of the American dream. And I believe that uh, firmly, you know, knowledge is power and we need to start um, really taking it to the next level to break the barriers that are holding um, our community down to create generational wealth into the future. So my call to action is let's, let's all reflect, let's celebrate, but, but yes, let's continue to advance inclusivity and empower future generations of Latinos in this country uh, because Study after study shows that Latinos are entrepreneurs who are key and top creators of small businesses in this country. Uh, we're the fastest, 
you know, growing demographic, minority demographic. We, we our, our Latino purchasing power is unlike any other. So all the pieces are there for us to take it to the next level. That's great. Thank you. And Erica, your closing call to action for us. <laughs> well, Marlene, I mean, I, I, I'm going to have to echo a lot of the stuff that you said. You said such, uh, such inspiring and amazing things. And I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, my, my, my call to action is, you know, it's, it's one, I'd like to give some advice to, to us, because I think one of the things that, you know, um, some, some of our journey, some of us have, you know, uh, tougher journeys than others, some of, you know, and I think it's important just overall to celebrate. And I do think that what I'm about to say is really a celebration because I think it's, 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 it equals to how far we all have come uh, with our respective journeys and how we, where we're at, you know, in our current uh, roles and impact and influence that we have within our communities. But, you know, one of the things that I have very, very registered, and it's something that I think is, a, I believe it's positive, it's we should never stop trying to prove that we are qualified for the job. And I think that is something that just by nature, it's in our blood. It's by nature that we ha- that we live by every day to, in order for us to prove ourselves why we're here and to celebrate each other. But I think, you know, when it comes to the numbers, nobody can argue that. I mean, 1.2 million of the 12.2 million business owners in the United States are immigrant Hispanics. That's a huge huge number for us to celebrate and to recognize of us being contributors of us being able to have representation and have a true meaning of what we do within this country and the economic impact that we have and not just you know from an economic standpoint which is very important but most importantly the representation that we have and the influence that we have for the franchisor business it is important that franchisors that you know hold the name to the institute that they're franchising you know their concept that it's important that you take into consideration communities um differences uh diversity and inclusion because that's what drives more the economy that's actually what opens the door for employment for all of us and that is really what is the path to generational wealth so you know i will leave you with as I've said at the beginning, I am a firm believer in this path. I'm a firm believer for entrepreneurs that come into this country uh, to enter the space of franchising. But most importantly, our job and our commitment moving forward is really to highlight individuals and talk about the success of the story. And it's just not about celebrating Hispanic heritage throughout this month. It's about celebrating Latinos and Hispanics of their success stories, what we represent, how much we can contribute and how we can mentor and be tools and resources for others that want to understand to make a difference. Erica, thank you so much. Oh, go ahead. And if I could just take take off um, from Erica's comment with the council, I would encourage our listeners to get involved with the council and not just get involved, you know, don't just sign up. Get involved and take ownership. Tell us what you want to see in future programming and future opportunities as we develop programs to make sure that what we're doing is is going to be beneficial to you. And um, you know, help us with with um, coming up with with programming or efforts that you want to see so that we we are serving servicing what you need. 
That is Thank correct. you for adding that. Yes, absolutely. You know, for all of you who are listening, I hope you understand how excited we are now and why we are um, so enthusiastic about the leadership that these two ladies are bringing, among others, to the Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council. There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of commitment. There are some big goals that we want to achieve. So I echo Marlon's call to action to come join us and Erica's call to action to come join us. This community will, and this affinity group is, is going to advance through everybody being part of it. And, you know, with, as with all of our groups, all are welcome who are in wanting to to lean in and be part of the conversation and, and part of advancing franchising through engagement um, of the Hispanic and Latino community. So thank you, Erica. Thank you, Marlon. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your insights today. Thank you for inspiring um, me and I hope our listeners who have joined us today. Uh, as our follow-up in our show notes, we will make sure that there is a link for those of you who can get signed up for the council so we can just keep you more readily updated about um, what everybody's working on and how you can get involved. You can reach out to any of us individually, too, and we'd love to get you plugged in. Also encourage you to subscribe to the Franchise Voice podcast. We feature a lot of content from the IFA Foundation, our Diversity Institute, and our programs. And we'd love for uh, more people to hear about what we're doing and stories like we are sharing here, and as well as other great stories across the IFA. So it's wonderful insight into your franchising community, and we encourage you to subscribe. Um, with that, I'm going to bring us to our to a close and say thank you, ladies. Thank you to the Hispanic Latino Franchise Leadership Council. Thank you for helping us celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month and inspiring us to think about how that this is a year-round commitment uh, within the IFA and franchising and the foundation all working together to improve outcomes and increasing representation and ownership among the Hispanic and Latino community through franchising. We look forward to talking with you all soon and seeing what you are up to next. So thank you very much. Thank you.